Monday today. Sorry, it's been slacking uh, past weeks because, well, the podcast is named on my way to work, but most of the time I actually record it on my way from work back home because I usually listen to some podcasts in the morning. But last week I've been um, very <laughs> dedicated to working out because been challenged by other people for the Apple Watch uh, workout challenge. So didn't really walk home, but instead went to the gym a lot and went to the rock climbing gym to climb with my coworkers. But um, yeah, so getting back to it. So over last weekend, I finished a book called Signal and the Noise by Nate Silver. Really good book that talks about stats and uh, modeling. And actually beyond that, he also talks a lot about, it's kind of like planet money because he talks a lot about like how stats is used to predict like things in baseball which is what he's really good at but also how other professions like economists trying to predict uh, recession um, meteorologists trying to predict our weather uh, weather forecasting and um, so I think these are really relevant examples and he really dives into like how they do it and like history behind it and why in the case of the 08 09 recession why why no one could predict it and why is everything so wrong and yeah and how like um s&p were essentially saying oh like we, we couldn't predict the risk of our junk asset because of bad luck because of these unforeseen um factors but Nate Silver's arguing like he could have definitely seen it. He's just like kind of bullshitting that he don't want any blame. Um, another concept he talks talks about is the Bayesian um, way of and of doing stats and of doing prediction. And basically, um, Bayes, Bayesian um, theory is concerned with what they call like prior insights. So. In the case of running A-B tests, for example, like at, at our company, we use Google Optimize and the underlying model uses Bayesian um, theory. And how it works is as your experiment goes on, because you've collected more data, you can adjust the model by using these prior insights to inform you to make better judgment in the future, which is different from what they call a frequentist approach, where they would just like run the experiment uh, for a long time with just a set it and go. So Bayesian is a little more precise um, and yeah, it's really fascinating to, basically I think Nate Silver would encourage us all to think about well, how we do things and why we do things and should we do things with a probabilistic way of thinking. Um, it's like, I think it's not hard, but I think it's nice to keep that in mind. So really re recommend that book. And then got started on two other books, uh, which is it's called Bad Blood, um, and that one is a book about um, this Silicon Valley entrepreneur um, Elizabeth Holmes, which founded a company off the Ranos and actually became like the biggest scam in uh, Silicon Valley history. So just got started on that, and the other one is about persuasion and how. Well, this, this psychologist went in undercover and essentially applied for many jobs, like sales of a position um, or like marketing and trying to see how other people 
who are really good at the profession and like what they use to get people to buy stuff up from them. One example that really stood out was he was trying to see, he was basically was in his toy store and he realized he saw the same person he saw last year after Christmas. Oh, sorry, it was before Christmas. They're trying to buy gifts for their, for their, uh, for their children. And then the other person was like, oh, like, do you know why you're here again this year? And he was pointing out like the reason why he was here is because these toy companies place ads on TV. So for toys company, they have a dilemma every year, which is they know they can do really well during the Christmas season because everyone buys gifts, especially for children. The problem is after the season is over, it's hard to sell these toys again because you know people just spend a lot of money buying presents. So these toy companies have a genius marketing tactic, which is they run ads on these special toys before Christmas. So the kids, when they see it on YouTube or TV, is like, oh, like, dad and mom, I really want this gift. And then the parents would go in the store and, you know, like, oh, buy it for them. But then what they would find out is there's actually no inventory left because the toy company has purposely undersupply these gifts. So then the parents would have to buy something equivalent or similar to the special toys that the kids wanted. And then after the Christmas season is over, the toy companies run these ads again on these special toys. And guess what the kids say? Well, they'll be like, oh, dad and mom, you promised me this gift. I really want it. You gotta keep your promise. So, you know, as the kids whine, the parents would go back into the toy store and find that there's a lot of supply of these toys. So, you know, I think this technique is called commitment and consistency. And a commitment comes from the fact that the parents promise the kids to get the toys so they have to fulfill uh, their promise. And I thought it was such a genius tactic. And he, I think this book is pretty interesting because he actually points out a lot of relevant um, examples in our lives. So the other one would be, uh, oh, this one was also really cool. So it was a tailor shop run by these, these two brothers. And the younger brother, who is like the salesperson, um, pretends to have bad hearing. And his older brother, who's just like the head tailor, would um, hide in the back and like doing his own thing. When a customer comes in, he would, the, um, the sales brother would, uh, you know, give the new suit to uh, this guy to try on. And if he finds something that the guy really likes, he's going to yell at his brothers, be like, oh, how, how much is this, um, this suit? And then his brother would reply like $84. And then the sales brother, pretending that he can't really hear well, would, talk, would tell the customer, oh, this is $44. And then, not knowingly, the customer thought he's got such a good deal and bought it immediately. So, like, I feel like you can sell anything. Like, if, you're, if you can tap into the psychology of these people, like, like, you can literally sell anything you want. So I thought that was a pretty good example, too, and just a quarter way through the book. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if I like it throughout the end of the book. Um, and, yeah, that's reading. And also my, uh, also been watching a lot of videos about Alex Honnold, which if you haven't seen the movie Free Solo about him free soloing, which is climbing up a cliff without a rope, 
up um, on Alcapitan and Yosemite, you should definitely see it. This guy is very, very insanely good at climbing. But also how I saw Ted talk about how he managed fear. And because when you're up there like 2,000 feet, you're by yourself. You can't let these things get into your head. And so he's really good at managing his fear and setting the course straight and make sure he's focused all the way until he finishes the climb. It's really a respectable way of thinking about things. And it was really funny to see him giving a TED talk because he seems more nervous giving that talk than actually climbing without a rope up the cliff. So yeah, I've been uh, trying to uh, get better at climbing. Hopefully, well, I kind of kind of rolled my ankle earlier a couple months ago and then hurt my hand when I was doing some crack climbing outdoors. So now I'm like finally getting better and hopefully can still reach the goal of climbing V6 consistently by the end of the year. So me and my friend Ethan has been, I've been going to the climbing gym like two, three times a week, trying to bug my coworkers to go, trying to do some like weighted pull-ups, like make sure we do a hangboard exercise before we leave the gym. So yeah, after watching Free Solo, I think it makes me that much more want to climb better. Um, so hopefully we'll see how it goes.